irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Galileo Galilei, born February 15, 1564, died January 8, 1642 was an Italian astronomer, physicist, engineer, philosopher, and mathematician who played a major role in the scientific revolution during the Renaissance. He is widely regarded as one of the greatest scientists of all time. His achievements include improvements to the telescope, and consequent astronomical observations and support for Copernicanism. Galileo has been called the father of modern observational astronomy and the father of modern physics. He has also been called the father of modern science. His contributions to observational astronomy include the telescope confirmation of the phases of Venus, the discovery of the four largest satellites of Jupiter, named the Galilean moons in his honor, and the observation of the analysis of sunspots. Galileo also worked in applied science and technology inventing an improved military compass and other instruments. Galileo's advocacy of heliocentrism was controversial within his lifetime, when most philosophers and astronomers still subscribed to the view that the Earth stood motionless at the center of the universe. After 1610, 
when he began publicly supporting the heliocentric view, which placed the sun at the center of the universe. He was opposed by astronomers, philosophers, and clerics. One of the latter, Niccolo Lorenai, eventually lodged an informal complaint against Galileo with the prefect of the Congregation of the Index, and another, Tommaso Cassini, formally denounced him to the Roman Inquisition. Early in 1615, the subsequent investigation led the Catholic Church's condemning heliocentrism as false and altogether contrary to the Holy Scripture. In a decree by the Congregation of the Index in February 1616, although Galileo was not then judged to have committed any offense, he was nevertheless warned by Cardinal Robert Bellarmine to abandon his support for heliocentrism, which he promised to do. When he later defended his views in the most famous work, Dialogue Concerning the Two Chief World Systems, published in 1632, he was tried by the Inquisition, found vehemently suspect of heresy, forced to abjure, and spent the remaining nine years of his life under house arrest. It was during this period that he wrote one of the finest works, Two New Sciences, in which he summarized the work he had done some 40 years earlier on the two sciences now called Chematics and Strength of Materials. Galileo was born in Pisa, Italy, in 1564, the first of six children of Venzio Galilei, a famous lieutenant, composer, and music theorist, and Giulia Amanati, his wife. Galileo became an accomplished lutenist himself, and would have learned early from his father a healthy skepticism for established authority, the value of well-measured or quantified experimentation, and appreciation for a periodic or musical measure of time or rhythm, as well as the illuminative progeny to expect from a marriage of mathematics and experiment. Three of Galileo's five siblings survived infancy. The youngest, Michelangelo, also became a noted lutist and composer, although he contributed to financial burdens during Galileo's young adulthood. Michelangelo was unable to contribute his father's to his fair share of their father's promised dowries to their brother-in-law, who would later attempt to seek legal remedies for payments due. Michael Angelo would also occasionally have to borrow funds from Galileo to support his musical endeavors and excursions. These financial burdens 
may have contributed to Galileo's early fire to develop inventions that would bring him additional income. Galileo was named after an ancestor, Galileo Bonitoi, a physician, university teacher, and politician who lived in Florence from 1370 to 1450. At that time in the late 14th century, the family's surname shifted from Bonitoi to Galilea. Galileo Bonitoi was buried in the same church the Basilica of Saint Croce in Florence, where about 200 years later, his more famous descendant, Galileo Galilei, was also buried. When Galileo Galilei was eight, his family moved to Florence, but he was left with Jacob Borgeny for two years. He then was educated in the Camaldos Monastery at Folambrosa, 35 kilometers southeast of Florence. Although a genuinely pious Roman Catholic, Galileo fathered three children out of wedlock with Maria Gamba. They had two daughters, Virginia in 1600 and Livia in 1601, and one son, Vincenzo in 1606. Because of their illegitimate birth, their father considered the girls unmarriageable, if not posing problems of prohibitively expensive support or dowries, which would have been similar to Galileo's previous extensive financial problems with two of his sisters. Their only worthy alternative was religious life. Both girls were accepted by the convent of San Mateo in Arstri and remained there for the rest of their lives. Virginia took the name Maria Celeste upon entering the convent. She died April 2, 1634, and is buried with Galileo at the Basilica of St. Croce, Florence. Livia took the name Sister Archangela and was ill for most of her life. Vicenzo, his son, was later legitimized as the legal heir to the Galileos and married Celestia Bonacineri. Although Galileo considered the priesthood as a young man, at his father's urging he instead enrolled at the University of Pisa for a medical degree. In 1581, when he was studying medicine, he noticed a swinging chandelier, which air currents shifted about to swing in larger and smaller arcs. It seemed by comparison with his heartbeat that the chandelier took about the same amount of time to swing back and forth, no matter how far it was swinging. When he returned home, he set up two pendulums of equal length and swung one with a large sweep and the other with a small sweep 
and found that they kept time together. It wasn't until Christian Huygens, almost 100 years later, that the tautochrome nature of swinging pendulums was used to create an accurate timepiece. Up to this point, he had deliberately been kept away from mathematics, being that a physician had a higher income than a mathematician. But upon accidentally attending a lecture on geometry, he talked his reluctant father into letting him study mathematics and natural philosophy instead of medicine. He created a thermoscope, the forerunner of the thermometer, and in 1586 published a small book on the design of the hydrostatic balance he had invented. This, by the way, first brought him to the attention of the scholarly world. Galileo also studied disegno, a term encompassing fine art, and in 1588 attained the position of instructor of the Academic della Arte del Descigno in France, in Florence, teaching perspective and churro oscuro. Being inspired by the artistic tradition of the city and the works of the Renaissance artists, Galileo acquired an aesthetic mentality. While a young teacher at the academy, he began a lifelong friendship with Florentine painter Segoli, who included Galileo's lunar observations in one of his paintings. In 1589, he was appointed to the chair of mathematics in Pisa. In 1591, his father died, and he was entrusted with the care of his young, younger brother Michelangelo. In 1592, he moved to the University of Padua, where he taught geometry, mechanics, and astronomy until 1610. During this period, Galileo made significant discoveries in both pure fundamental science, for example, schematics of motion and astronomy, as well as practical applied science, such as strength of materials and the improvement of the telescope. His multiple interests include the study of astrology, which at the time was a discipline tied to the study of mathematics and astronomy. Cardinal Robert Bellarmine had written in 1615 that the Copernican system could not be defended without a true physical demonstration that the sun does not circle the earth, but the earth circles the sun. Galileo considered his theory of tides to provide the required physical proof of the motion of the earth. This theory was so important to him, he originally intended to entitle it his Dialogue on the Two Chief World Systems, the Dialogue on the Ebb and Flow of the Sea. The reference to tides was removed by the Order of the Inquisition. For Galileo, 
The tides were the caused by the sloshing back and forth of water in the seas as a point on the Earth's surface, sped up and slowed down because of the Earth's rotation on its axis and revolution around the sun. He circulated his first account of the tides in 1616, addressed to Cardinal Orsini. His theory gave the first insight into the importance of the shape of ocean basins in the size and timing of tides. He correctly accounted for, instance, the negligible tides halfway along the Adriatic Sea compared to those at the ends. As a general account of the cause of tides, however, his theory was a failure. If this theory were correct, there would only be one high tide per day. Galileo and his contemporaries were aware of this inadequacy because there are two daily high tides at Venice instead of one, about 12 hours apart. Galileo dismissed this anomaly as the result of several secondary causes, including the shape of the sea, its depth, and other factors. Against the assertion that Galileo was deceptive in making these arguments, Albert Einstein expressed the opinion that Galileo developed his fascinating arguments and accepted them uncritically out of desire for a physical proof of the motion of the earth. Galileo dismissed the idea held by his contemporary Jonas Kepler that the moon caused the tides. He also refused to accept Kepler's Kepler's elliptical orbits of the planets, considering circles to be the perfect shape for the planetary orbits. In 1619, Galileo became embroiled in a controversy with Father Orazio Grassi, professor of mathematics at the Jesuit College Romano. It began as a dispute over the nature of comets, but by the time Galileo had published The Assayer in 1623, his last salvo on, in the dispute, it had become a much wider argument over the very nature of science itself. The title page of the book describes Galileo as a philosopher and a mathematico primario of the Grand Duke of Tuscany. Because the assayer contains such a wealth of Galileo's ideas on how science should be practiced, it has been referred to as his scientific manifesto. In early 1619, Father Grassi had anonymously published a pamphlet, an astronomical disputation on the three comets of the year 1618, which discussed the nature of a comet that appeared in late November of the previous year. Grassi concluded the comet was a fiery, fiery body, which had moved along a segment of a great circle at a constant distance from the Earth. And since it moved in the sky more slowly than the moon, it must be farther away than the moon. 
Father Grassi's arguments and conclusions were criticized in a subsequent article, Discourse on Comets, published under the name of one of Galileo's disciplines, Disciples, a Florentine lawyer named Mario Gudici, although it had been largely written by Galileo himself. Galileo and Gudici offered no definitive theory of their own on the nature of comets, although they did present some tentative conjectures that are now known to be mistaken. In its opening passage, Galileo and Gudici's discourse gratuitously insulted the Jesuit priest Christopher Shiner and various uncomplimentary remarks about the professors of the College Romano were scattered throughout the work. Needless to say, the Jesuits were offended, and Grassi soon replied with a polymatic tract of his own. The the Astronomical and Philosophical Balance Under the pseudonym of Lothario Seri Singesno, purporting to be one of his own pupils. The assayer was Galileo's devastating reply to the astronomical balance. It has been widely recognized as a masterpiece of polemical literature in which Sarsi's arguments were subject to withering scorn. It was greeted with wide acclaim and particularly pleased the new Pope, Pope Urban VIII, to whom it had been dedicated. In the Roman culture, wars of the previous decade, Barberini, who became the future Pope Urban VIII, had come down firmly on the side of Galileo and the Lycian Academy, the enemies of the Jesuit fathers at Collegio Romano, Galileo disputes with Father Grassi permanently alienated many of the Jesuits who had previously been sympathetic to his ideas, and Galileo and his friends were convinced that these Jesuits were responsible for bringing about his later condemnation. The evidence for this at best equivocal, however... In the Catholic world prior to Galileo's conflict with the Church, the majority of educated people subscribed to the Aristotelian geocentric view of the Earth, that the Earth was the center of the universe and that all heavenly bodies revolved around the Earth. Despite the use of the Copernican theories to reform the calendar in 1582, Galileo defended heliocentrism in his letters to the Grand Duchess Christina, argued that it was not contrary to biblical texts. He took the Augustinian position that poetry, songs, instructions, or historical statements in biblical texts need not always be interpreted literally. Galileo argued that the authors wrote from the perspective of the terrestrial work in which the sun does not rise and set, 
and discussed a different kind of movement of the earth, not rotations. The Galileo Affair was a sequence of events beginning around 1610, culminating in the trial and condemnation of Galileo Galilei by the Roman Catholic Inquisition in 1633 for his support of heliocentrism. In 1610, Galileo published Starry Messenger, describing the surprising observations that he had made with his new telescope, namely the phases of Venus and the Galilean moons of Jupiter. With these observations, he promoted the heliocentric theory of Nicholas Copernicus, published in De Revolutionibus Oribum Coliostium in 1543. Galileo's initial discoveries were met with opposition within the Catholic Church, and in 1616, the Inquisition declared heliocentrism to be formally heretical. Heliocentric books were banned, and Galileo was ordered to refrain from holding, teaching, or defending heliocentric ideas. Galileo went on to propose a theory of his tides in 1616 and comets in 1619. He argued that the tides were evidence for the motion of the earth. In 1632, Galileo, now an old man, published his dialogue concerning the two chief world systems, which implicitly defended heliocentrism and was immensely popular. Responding to this mounting controversy over theology, astronomy, and philosophy, the Roman Inquisition tried Galileo in 1633 and found him vehemently suspect of heresy, sentencing him to indefinite imprisonment. Galileo was kept under house arrest until his death in 1642. Galileo began his telescopic observations in the latter part of 1609, and by 1610 was able to publish a small book, The Starry Messenger, relating some discoveries that had not been dreamed of in the philosophy of the time, such as mountains on the moon, lesser moons in orbit around Jupiter, and the resolution of what had been thought to be very cloudy masses in the sky, we now know as nebula, into a collection of stars too faint to see individually without a telescope. Other observations followed, including the phases of Venus and the existence of sunspots. Galileo's contributions caused difficulties for theologians and natural philosophers of the time as they contradicted scientific and philosophical ideas based on those of the Aristotle and Ptolemy and closely associated with the Catholic Church. 
in particular Galileo's observation of the phases of Venus, which showed it circled the sun, and the observation of moons orbiting Jupiter, contradicted the geocentric model of Ptolemy and supported the Copernican model advanced by Galileo. Jesuit astronomers, experts both in the church teachings, science, and in natural philosophy, were at first skeptical and hostile to the new ideas. However, within a year or two, the availability of good telescopes enabled them to repeat the observations. In the year 1611, Galileo visited the Collegium Romana in Rome, where the Jesuit astronomers by that time had repeated his observations. Christoph Greenberger, one of the Jesuit scholars on the faculty, sympathized with Galileo's theory, but was asked to defend the Aristotelian point of view by Claudio Aquavaglia, the father general of the Jesuits. Not all of Galileo's claims were completely accepted. Christopher Clavius, the most distinguished astronomer of his age, never was reconciled to the ideas of mountains on the moon, and outside the Collinium, many still disputed the reality of the observations. In a letter to Kepler of August 1610, Galileo complained that some of the philosophers who opposed his discoveries had refused to even look through the telescope. My dear Kepler, I wish that we might laugh at the remarkable stupidity of the common herd. What do you have to say about the principal philosophers of this academy, who are filled with stubbornness, of an asp, and do not want to look at either the planets, the moon, or the telescope, even though I have freely and deliberately offered them the opportunity a thousand times? Truly, just as an asp stops its ears, so do these philosophers shut their eyes to the light of the truth. Geocentrists, who did not, who did verify and accept Galileo's findings, had an alternative to Ptolemy's model in an alternative geocentric or geoheliocentric model proposed some decades earlier by Taco Bra, a model in which, for example, Venus circled the sun. Bra argued that the distance to the stars in the Copernican system would have to be 700 times greater than the distance from the sun to Saturn. Moreover, the only way stars could be so distant and still appear the sizes they do in the sky would be as that if the average star were gigantic, at least as big as the orbit of the Earth, and of course vastly larger than the Sun. Galileo become, became involved in a dispute over priority in the discovery of sunspots with Christoph Scheiner, a Jesuit. This became a bitter, lifelong feud. 
Neither of them, however, was the first to recognize sunspots. The Chinese had already been familiar with them for centuries. At this time, Galileo also engaged in a dispute over the reason that objects float or sink in water, siding with Archimedes against Aristotle. The debate was unfriendly at best, and Galileo's blunt and sometimes sarcastic style, though not extraordinary in academic debates of the time, made him enemies. During the controversy of one of Galileo's friends, the painter Lodovici Cardi del Siglo informed him that a group of malicious opponents, which Siglo subsequently referred to divisively as the Pigeon League, was plotting to cause him trouble over the motion of the earth or anything else that would serve the purpose. According to Sigli, one of the plotters has asked a priest to denounce Galileo's views from the pulpit, but the latter had refused. Nevertheless, three years later, another priest, Tommaso Cassini, did in fact do precisely that. In the Catholic world prior to Galileo's conflict with the Church, the majority of the educated people subscribed to the geocentric view that the Earth was the center of the universe and that all heavenly bodies revolved around the earth. Although Copernican theories were used to reform the calendar in 1582. Geostatism agreed with literal interpretations of scriptures in several places, such as 1 Chronicles 16.30, Palms 93.1, 104.5 Heliocentrism, the theory of that the Earth was a planet, which along with all others revolved around the Sun, contradicted both geocentrism and the prevailing theological support of the theory. One of the first suggestions of heresy that Galileo had to deal with came in 1613 from a professor of philosophy, poet, and specialist in Greek literature, Cosimo Boscalia. In conversation with Galileo's patron, Cosimo II de Michi, and Cosimo's mother, Christina of Lorraine, Boscaglia said that the telescopic discoveries were valid but that the motion of the earth was obviously contrary to scripture. Dr. Bascalia had talked to Madame Christina for a while, and though he concealed all things you have discovered in the sky, he said that the motion of the earth was incredible and would not be particularly since holy scripture obviously was contrary to such motion. Galileo was defended on the spot by his former student, Mendetto Castilli, now a professor of mathematics and a Benedictine abbot. 
the exchange having been reported to Galileo by Castelli. Galileo decided to write a letter to Castelli expanding his views on what he considered the most appropriate way of treating scriptural passages, which made assertions about natural phenomena. Later, in 1615, he expanded this into his much longer letter to the Grand Duchess, Christina. Tommaso Cassini, a Dominican friar, appears to have made the first dangerous attack on Galileo. Preaching a sermon in Florence in the end of 1614, he denounced Galileo, his associates, and mathematicians in general. The biblical text for the sermon on that day was Joshua 10, in which Joshua makes the sun stand still. This was the story that Castelli had interpreted for the Medici family the year before. It is said, though it is not verifiable, that Cassini also used the passage from Acts 1.11, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing upon to heaven? In late 1614 or early 1615, one of Cassini's fellow Dominicans, Niccolo Lorini, acquired a copy of Galileo's letter to Castelli. Lorini and other Dominicans at the convent of San Marco considered the letter of doubtful orthodoxy, in part because it may have violated the decrees of the Council of Trent. To check unbridled spirits, the Holy Council decrees no one relying on his own judgment shall, in matters of faith and morals pertaining to the edification of Christian doctrine, distorting the scriptures in accordance with his own conceptions, presume to interpret them contrary to that sense which the Holy Mother Church has held or holds. From the decree of the Council of Trent, years 1545 to 1563. Lorini and his colleagues decided to bring Galileo's to the attention of the Inquisition. In February 1615, Lorini accordingly sent a copy to the secretary of the Inquisition, Cardinal Paolo Emilio Fondrante, with a covering letter critical of Galileo's supporters. All our fathers of the devout convent of St. Mark feel that the letters contain many statements which seem presumptuous or suspect, as when it states that the words of the Holy Scripture do not mean what they say, that in discussions about the natural phenomena, the authority of the Scripture should rank last. The followers of Galileo were taking upon themselves to expound the Holy Scripture according to their private lights and manner different from the common interpretation of the fathers of the Church. That was from the letter of Lorini to Cardinal Frondanto, Inquisitor of Rome, 1615. On March 19th, Cassini arrived at the Inquisition's offices in Rome to denounce Galileo for his Copernicism and various other alleged heresies supposedly being spread by his pupils. Galileo soon heard reports that Lorini had obtained a copy of his letter to Castelli 
and was claiming that it contained many heresies. He also heard that Cassini had gone to Rome and suspected him of trying to stir up trouble with Lorini's copy of the letter. As 1615 wore on, he became more concerned and eventually determined to go to Rome as soon as his health permitted, which it did at the end of the year. By presenting his case there, he hoped to clear his name of any suspicion of heresy and persuade the church authorities not to suppress heliocentric ideas. In going to Rome, Galileo was acting against the advice of friends and allies and of the Tuscan ambassador to Rome, Piero Guccidarnini. Cardinal Robert Bellarmine, one of the most respected Catholic theologians of the time, was called on to agitate between Galileo and his opponents. The question of heliocentrism had first been raised with Cardinal Bellarmine in the case of Paolo Antonio Foscarini, a Carmelite father. Foscarini had published a book, Lettera Sopra l'Opinion del Copernico, which attempted to reconcile Copernicus with the biblical passages that seemed to be in contradiction. Cardinal Bellarmine first expressed the opinion that Copernicus's book would not be banned, but would at most require some editing so as to present the theory purely as a calculating device for saving the appearances. Foscarini sent a copy of his book to Bellarmine, who replied in a letter April 12, 1615. Galileo is mentioned by name in the letter, and a copy was soon sent to him. After some preliminary salutations and acknowledgments, Bellarmine begins by telling Foscarini that it is prudent for him and Galileo to limit themselves to treating heliocentrism as merely hypothetical phenomena and not a physically real one. Further on, he says that interpreting heliocentrism as physically real would be a very dangerous thing, likely not only to irritate all scholastic philosophers and theologians, but also to harm the holy faith by rendering holy scriptures as false. Moreover, while the topic was not inherently a matter of faith, the statements about it in scripture were so by virtue of who said them, namely the Holy Spirit. He conceded that if there were a conclusive proof that one would have to proceed with great care in explaining the scriptures that appear contrary and say rather that we do not understand them, then that what is demonstrated is false. However, demonstrating that heliocentrism merely saved the appearances could not be regarded as sufficient to establish that it was physically real. Although he believed that the former may well have been plausible, he had very great doubt that the latter would be 
and in the case of doubt it was not permissible to depart from the traditional interpretations of the scriptures. His final argument was a rebuttal of an analogy that Foraschini had made between a moving earth and a ship on which the passengers perceive themselves as a patient apparently stationary and the receding shore as apparently moving. Bellarmine replied that in the case of the ship, the passengers know that their perceptions are erroneous and can mentally correct them, whereas the scientist on earth clearly experiences that it is stationary, and therefore the perception that the sun, moon, and stars are moving is not an error and does not need to be corrected. Bellarmine found no problem with heliocentrism as long as it was treated as a purely hypothetical calculating device and not a physically real phenomenon. But he did not regard it as permissible to advocate the latter unless it could be conclusively proved through current scientific standards. This put Galileo in a difficult position because he believed that the available evidence strongly favored heliocentrism and he wished to be able to publish his arguments. In addition to Bellarmine, Monsignor Francesco Ingoli initiated a debate with Galileo, sending him in January 1616 an essay disputing the Copernican system. Galileo later stated that he believed the essay to have been instrumental in the action against Copernicanism that followed in February. According to Maurice Finicario, Ingoli had probably been commissioned by the Inquisition to write an expert opinion on the controversy, and the essay proved the chief direct bias for the man. The essay focused on 18 physical and mathematical arguments against heliocentrism. It borrowed primarily from the arguments of Tycho Brahe, and it notedly mentioned Brahe's argument that heliocentrism required the stars to be much larger than the sun. Ignoli wrote that the great distance to the stars in the heliocentric theory clearly proves the fixed stars to be of such size as they may surpass or equal the size of orbit circles of the earth itself. Ingoli included four theological arguments in the essay, but suggested to Galileo that he focus on the physical and mathematical arguments. Galileo did not write a response to Ingoli until 1624, in which other arguments and evidence he listed the results of the experiment, such as dropping a rock from the mast of a moving ship. On February 19, 1616, the Inquisition asked a commission of theologians known as qualifiers about the propositions of the heliocentric view of the universe. Historians of the Galileo affair have offered different accounts of why the matter was referred to the qualifiers at the time. Some point out that the Inquisition had taken a deposition from Giazzani and Vantani 
in November 1615. As part of his investigation into the denunciation of Galileo by Lornia and Cassini. In this deposition, Adovani confirmed that Galileo had advocated the Copernican doctrines of stationary sun and immobile earth as a consequence to the tribunal of the Inquisition, would have to and eventually need to determine the theological status of those doctrines. It is, however, possible as surmised by the Tuscan ambassador Piero Guacarnini in a letter to the Grand Duke that the actual referral may have been precipitated by Galileo's aggressive campaign to prevent the condemnation of Copernicanism. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.